It's a the tit. kid sees a the tit. The kid sees a tit. He latches on, and, 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 and it's a tit. It's, it's a tit. tit full the of milk. mom sees it. The mom sees a kid. She latches him onto the tit. Like here, they run around. Tit. They grab the tit. Yeah, that is so awesome. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. It is a rainy day here in Portland, Oregon, but we're ready. We're ready to go. Ladies How's your holidays? How's your Christmas? How's your Kwanzaa? How's your Hanukkah? How's your Festivus? How's your whatever? How's your Festivus? How's your Festivus, Paul? Yeah, how's your Festivus? Adam? Yeah. Guys, one new five-star review, but no message, but it's okay. We still appreciate and love the review. Thank if you. If you are feeling prickly, you're feeling punchy, you're feeling something else starts with a P. Go to iTunes. Sticky. Sticky. Sticky, icky, icky. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It would be really, really amazing. We really appreciate all the reviews that we can get. Do it on your iPhone right now. Just hit the five stars that you see right there on your phone. Or if you are using Overcast, pop on over to Apple Podcasts and give us the review right there. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Noah. What's your gripe? Hey, my gripe, dear, dear listener... Do you remember when you first had to get groceries? Okay. It was for a lot of you is probably when you left college. Maybe it was during college, right? For me, even though I'm a 30 year old grown ass man, man my child. grown man child, grown man child, my fiance left to go back to her family for Christmas. She flew. She flew and back to her family. I'm uh, I, I'm just going to say, honestly, I'm 30 years old. And this was the first time I had to order groceries by myself. Wow. Okay. So my gripe, my gripe is to myself. Because it was the first time I ever ordered groceries, and I ordered accidentally seven things of Parmesan mm. cheese, which just to put it into context is a entire grocery bag of Parmesan cheese. <laughs> One whole grocery bag is for Parmesan cheese. So I actually meant to bring some over, Adam, to your house because I need to get. It's gonna have, go bad. I literally have seven things of Parmesan cheese. What's so my gripe what's, is myself? What's, what's a man gonna do with all that parm? I have no idea. What were you supposed to do with it? Why'd you get so much? I didn't even need to get any. I was just like, I'm going to get some to sprinkle. I'm going to get sprinkle. a tiny little bit to sprinkle. I ended up getting a grocery bag of Parmesan cheese because I'm a 30-year-old child. Yeah. I mean, anyway. everyone everyone goes through that when they first do groceries. They right. get a bag full of parm. Yeah, my first time. Yeah. Uh, my gripe, the ergonomics of my desk. Okay? Yeah. I just can't get them right. I need what mm-hmm. I need. Okay. Developers yeah, of desks. Desk specialist. Is I need the desk monitor and chair to all come in a package and be connected yeah so that i can get the perfect air i honestly if someone was selling that as a package i would buy that that would be a great product the the monitors desk and chair monitor desk and chair because if you don't have all three set up it's almost impossible to get to the right ergonomic spot and i got a footrest you can see right here i got a little footrest from the zon where i put my feet now so I have four things going on. I have I have keyboard, I have monitor, I have footrest, I have chair. And to make it ergonomically efficient is almost... You know how when you try my desk, you're like, it's a cockpit? Yeah. The only way to make it so that your elbows are above the table, which is what you want. So look at my elbows. You yeah, want, yeah, yeah. You want this effect. Where yeah, the yeah. elbows are above the hands. I would pay someone is 200 bucks to come in and do my desk. Right. The only way to do that is to sit in a cockpit. Okay. So I need a new desk.
Hey! No, it's time to play a game. Let's play a little game. Where is the most remote location in the lower 48 states? Most remote location. Okay, I like this. The most remote location. Okay. Um. Localis remotus. Is it, is it West Texas? Um, no. Okay, so let's define remote, right? Okay. Remote is farthest away from a road or building or anything developed. Okay, farthest away from anything developed. Um, Rocky Mountains. Somewhere in there. Okay. In that broad sweep of mountains. Is that your final answer? Okay. We need to see the Rockies or the Appalachian. I'm going to go with those two. I'm going to give you two answers. It is approximately 21.7 miles from a road. It takes a week long and 75 mile hike to get to the spot and back. So a scientist couple named Rebecca and Ryan Mean, they set out on a journey to get to the most remote spot in every state and take a picture of their newborn baby in each spot. So in Florida, okay. for example, it was deep in the Everglades. This really remote location that was 21.7 miles from a road, took a week long to get to, is in Wyoming near Yellowstone. Huh. They won't just they won't give out the exact location. But they took a picture and it it's really cool. That's why Yellowstone's so hard to get to. So like most remote, like there was no building or road, but what they said was when they get to these spots that are remote in quotes, the most remote, they're still like people boating a couple of miles away or they'll be so like still hear people shit. ATVing. There's still human activity. There's just not development. It just makes you think there's not that many spots yeah. that aren't touched by humans do at you know, this point. Do you know what's, yeah, you know what's annoying? What's annoying? It's very hard to get away from plane noise. No, yeah, ma plane no matter noise. how far out you are, it's just like you can always hear a fucking plane going by. Or see it. In, da in, in the David, in the David Attenborough's new documentary, he says that like back in the Dizay, when he was flying around, he said they, they used to just fly over expanses of wilderness that just never stopped. And now, like, you know, now when he's filming more recent documentaries, that never happens. I know. It's sad. It makes you think. It makes you What's think. Happening out there? So why am I talking about remoteness? What is our topic today? Our topic today is un uncontacted tribes. So tribes, tribes that have little to no contact with the modern world. Adam, as usual, we have an absolutely packed episode today. It's, it's pretty packed. It's absolutely packed. First, first, we're going to talk about the Hadza in Tanzania. Then we're going to have a little halftime honey. Then we're going to talk about the Saharan tribes. And then we're going to have an open kimono. Adam. Yeah. And beginnings that don't suck. You have 60 seconds to tell us the history, everything we need to know about uncontacted tribes. Do it, do it, do it, do it offhand. Do okay. it offhand. Ready? Adam doesn't have notes. We're just going to go for it. Open kimono, baby. Three, two, one, go. You're sitting in the desert. Okay. You're starving. Okay. So and thirsty for water. Yeah, I yeah. <clears throat> a camel caravan approaches. All you have in your house is salt pillars to sell. You haggle for a day. You drink green tea. And eventually, you get some goat meat. Or maybe you're in the rainforest of Tanzania. You walk all day. Not a rainforest, but keep going. You walk all day. Okay. You are non-sedentary. You don't grow things. You are an untouched tribe living in the way that humans lived before agriculture. Yeah. These, this is the story of remoteness. And this is a story <laughs> of making something out, out, of, of nothing. out of very little. Which is what you just did. And what can we learn from these people? We can learn that. We can learn. And I literally just made that all off the top of my exactly. head. Exactly. Just like the people have to make things, you know, from not growing. That's that's what you call professional. And Adam, that's why, yeah. our, that's why our theme today. Yep. Hit me with the cue, please. Sure will.
Adam, just like your beginnings that don't suck, which mm-hmm. was not scripted and full full of freedom. Yeah. Our theme today is fucking freedom. Wow. Okay, because these people absolutely live free. Well, they do live free, but their freedom sometimes is 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 um what's it called? Is attacked. Kind of like your brain. <laughs> yeah, like my brain. Kind of like your brain. Hey. Yeah. We're gonna start with the Hadza in Tanzania, okay? Okay, so Hazda or Hadza? Hadza. Hamzda or Hazda? Had Hadza. Hadza. H A D Z A. Hadza. Hadza. Yep. Hadza. First off, credit to Michael Finkel from National Geographic. He wrote an awesome article in it and went to live with the Hadza in 2009, and a lot of this information comes from there. So thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael Hadza. So who are the Hadza? Okay. They're a group of hunter gatherers living in northern Tanzania that have they've barely changed their lifestyle from ten thousand years ago. Can you give us the African geographical lesson of where Tanzania is? Yes, West Africa. West Africa. West Africa. Is it near Ivory Coast in Ghana? Is it near and Mo- now Mauritania? Blo- and now you're blowing up my geography to to more Africa. Is it northwest Africa? The reason, Adam, it, where is it? Is it southwest? West Africa. Where? That's a good question. Really? You yeah. didn't look at it. No, I didn't look at it. <laughs> I just I, I got West Africa. Hey, the the reason the reason that this tribe is really cool, Adam. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. Mr. Fucking Geography Professor over here. <laughs> it's a, geography just, Professor. If Can I, I was the tribe, please. If I was researching something of in Africa, I would want to make sure I knew exactly where it was. You know what? That's o- just me. Honestly, I guess. honestly, yeah. <laughs> you lost a point for your games that don't suck. I okay. lose a point. I lose a point here. Somewhere in Africa. Every, somewhere in fucking that little, Africa. That little, little, little country. Somewhere in Africa, there's a tribe of hunter-gatherers that are living the same way from living 10,000 years Deep ago. in the heart of Africa. Okay, Adam, why this is really cool is because they're basically like a living time portal. Mm-hmm. We can look at the tribe and see how we lived 10,000 years ago. They don't, they don't have years. They don't have hours. And they don't have weeks. Okay, in their in their language, they don't even, they only have numbers that go up to three or four. They don't have even have like anything that counts beyond three or four. Really, that is it's so fucking. Oh, because cool. is it because counting came from counting basically comes from accounting, right? Yeah. So Math. so I want you, dear listener, imagine 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 this tribe. Okay, they have basi- deep in the heart of Africa. Deep in the heart of fucking Africa. All right, they have they have basically no possessions. They just keep moving around, right? They're a, they're a, called a pre-agrarian tribe. So, like, what what do their possessions look like? If you were a woman, your possessions would possibly be a cooking pot, a water container, an axe, and a blanket. Okay, and you would wrap all, all those up in said blanket when you're moving, and and so, carry them. So, literally four things. Imagine, look around your house right now. Look wherever you are. You're probably wearing more than that. Yeah. Right. Okay, a man typically has a bow and arrow, a knife, and a pipe. A pipe, really? Yeah, we're gonna get into the pipe. Oh, great! Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to the perfect, pipe. perfect. Yeah. Um, so a really cool thing they use moon cycles to basically tell time because they don't have any measurements for time. They just don't give a shit about time, really. What do you mean they don't give a shit about time? They don't have they don't give a shit about possessions or time. Time is like it it like shows you that like back in the day like we've so like you know when we have like we have like meetings and shit right. That was the most likes I've ever heard in 10 seconds. It's been a while. It's we're, been a little, while. we're a little rusty. A little rusty. A little rusty. So we have meetings. Mm-hmm. We have things to do. We have modern society. Yeah. So we have our days are broken up. Breakfast. We're very schedule oriented, right? Yeah, for sure. So for example, for this journalist, for Michael to get out to the, to the Hadza, 
um, an intermediary met the chief of the tribe. And the chief was like, okay, in three weeks, I'll send my son to this tree to go, to go meet Michael. Okay. Yep. Michael's the journalist from National Geographic. Again, Michael said that he would meet someone there. At the so tree. you have to communicate them to them through like an intermediary because they're so remote, right? He can't call them. Oh, so through a translator. Uh, through someone that lived in the, lived in in the, the bush. area. In the bush. A bushman. A bushman. Okay. Yeah. So the bushman told the chief of the tribe that Michael, a journalist from National Geographic, wanted to come out to meet them. Okay. Okay. You with me? Geography yeah. professor? Professor of geography? Somewhere in Africa. There's <laughs> a tribe. Professor of fucking geography. Where? I don't so, know. So yeah. the chief was like, okay, see that tree over there? I'm going to send, I'm going to send my son to that tree in three weeks. Okay. Right. Following me? Yeah, no. From a white person's perspective, that makes sense, right? Okay. So Michael shows up at the tree in, in three weeks, right? Because he like, you know, three weeks time. Okay? Yeah. And the sun is there. The sun's at the tree. And he's like, hey, like how long, how long did you like get to, how long have you been waiting here? First of all, and how did you know that three weeks have passed? Because they don't have measurements of time. So he said that to track the time, his dad like looked, the chief looked at the moon and just, he just knows basically like when the moon changes, when the moon looks like it's changed 21 days. He, oh, so they know the moon cycle. Yeah. They look at the moon cycle and they knew that the moon had changed 21 days. Yeah. He just, he just like instinctively knew and he, and he was like, okay, how long have you been waiting at this tree? Oh my God. How long have you been waiting in the street? And the boy was like, I've been, it's like, he's, he's like, it, it wasn't long. I've been waiting for three days. <laughs> really? <laughs> so the son got to the tree and just hung out at the bottom of this tree, not knowing when the journalist was really going to show up for three days or if he had already been there. So he was, so for them, three days is not a Th large unit of time. Three days. I think it's a good example to show that time for them is totally different than how we look at it. Yeah. We have constructed time Absolutely. to this totally different thing. So he is totally fine sitting by the tree for three days. Him sitting by the tree in three days was like, it was life. He was totally cool with it. So he just got to the tree and just sat. Can you imagine sitting under a tree for three days? No, that's a lot. Right. <clears throat> I can't imagine sitting under the tree for 15 minutes, obviously. Right. I don't, I can't imagine doing an hour under the tree. So a modern human being, no modern, what modern person would be able to do that? You lose your mind. You lose your mind because you're so used to stimuli. But for the, for this kid, he loved it. He was like, it's not, it's what not did he long. do? What did, what did he do? Play, play dreidel? Touched him. I mean, spanked it, right? That would be on my list. So things to so do under the tree. Spank it. Uh, I would yeah. take rocks and throw them at the tree. So that's the first I, thing. I can kill an hour, right? Spank it one, then take rocks and try and hit the tree and go further and further back. So that's an or hour. Or try to hit other objects. So that's an hour. Lay on the ground, stare at the sun. And, and now you have like 72 more. And then you just sleep underneath the tree. <laughs> so he was like, it's not long. Yeah, he's like, it's not long at all. One, one really cool thing about them too is that because they only live in bands of 30. And, mm -hmm. the, and the reason that they only... they maximum number is 30 is because that's the amount of people that can share a kill of a medium to large game. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So if you go and kill something that's, that's medium to large and you bring it back, 30 people are going to be, going to be full. What, what is an example of large game? Like we're not, we're not talking about a lion, are we? They lion hunt everything. S. They hunt, they hunt everything that moves basically. 
Okay. Even like even giraffe, which are insane. In bands bands of thirty. Yeah. So that seems like a lot. The chief, the chief knows of about twenty other tribes. Do they, they actually have a chief? We're gonna. So the chief is. It's like an honorary role. So what the theme is freedom, right? Yeah. And one is, amazing thing. As far as I thing, know. One amazing things about this culture is that everything is free. They don't really have time. They right. d- they don't have a hierarchy. The chief uh, the chief is an honorary role that's given to the senior male, but doesn't actually confer any authority. Right. So when we say chief, we that's our term for someone we supposed to be the leader, because in our society we have a strict hierarchy. Exactly. Right. But for them, do they really have a chief as we know no, it? No. No. They do not have a chief as we. They know They more it. have like a powerful man. They have someone with. They have the senior man. Senior man. That's it. But he doesn't have authority over anyone. Okay. He can't tell anyone what to do. They're all. They're all about being individual. Okay. So, because they're in these smallest tribes, there's a huge lack of disease within within them. So disease really after agriculture. That's when disease really starts because you have these tribes that are hunter gatherers. Then we developed agriculture. Which a lot of anthropologists say is the worst mistake in human history because it took us out of this hunter-gatherer life that was relatively awesome. And sustainable. And sustainable. Mm -hmm. And moved us to agriculture, which has created modern society. And now we're sitting at our desks wondering what happened. Not exactly happier. Not exactly happier. Exactly. So lack of disease. Leisure time. They have an incredible amount of leisure time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anthropologists estimate that they work about four hours a day, if that. And the work is usually involved hunting or collecting food. Mm-hmm. They are, and for the food, they have no known history of famine. Four hours makes a lot of sense because that's when I started to feel like I'm done from any kind of hardcore work. Right. Is four. The really cool thing about their work, honestly, is that they don't have, they don't have to work out afterward. I thought I, I thought six. I thought I could get to six, but it's really four. Four is like what you can, four is what you can do and not feel stress on your brain. Yeah. Not, not to four, mention wait, eight. Not we, to mention eight is insane. Can we just say four real working hours? Four real working hours. Real so, working hours. So like when you are actually working, not when you're distracted. If you get up at eight, that means you work until 12. I, you could do that. Yeah, but their their work is dope. It's like it's hunting, it's collecting food. Okay. Right? You just get your buddies and go hunt around. Yeah, so go what, run is, around what, is the their, bush. what is their work like? So their work is if you're a hazard woman, your work would be gathering berries, which are which can be baobab baobab fruit. Baobab. Supposedly it's citrusy and delicious. Um digging edible tubers. An edible tuber is a root that you eat. It looks like a carrot, but it's like a potato in color. But they don't farm it. It's just wild. They growing. don't farm it. So the really cool thing is basically for them, they have barely any possessions so they can move around everywhere. So like one example is if they find a dead elephant, they, they don't carry the carcass back. They just move. They move the camp. They camp, move the camp? They move the camp to the elephant. Oh, okay. So they do less work because yeah. they have no possessions. They, they don't have anything. So the reason that they, they are, they're very peaceful. They're very, very peaceful society. It's because they don't have possessions. Like, they don't have any possessions. There's nothing to guard. And there's nothing uh, that to lose. Really, that's a really cool point. Right. There's nothing to guard and there's nothing to lose. That is a really cool point because ancient peoples of the Americas, mm-hmm. at least in the United States, early societies here, they kill each other a lot. A there's lot. a lot of warfare. Right. Right. You're talking about places like in Colorado, like like Folsom Ridge, right. Old Divide Gorge, people that lived there, 
they would constantly attack each other and you can see the marks of weapons on the bones right and you i think that also one of the, one of the reasons that american indian tribes were so warlike is because the buffalo herds they were following the buffalo herds uh-huh. and those were kind of their possessions so if another indian <clears throat> stepped up to the buffalo herds you got to get them away but these people they don't have any possessions everything that they have is in the natural landscape and mm-hmm. you know it's it's so fluid that they never know when something's going to pop up and when something's not that's so funny so there's a relationship between having a possession and being a warlike exactly there's a huge relationship between that because they don't they don't so like when there's this is really cool when there's an argument in the tribe so the chief knows of about like 20 other tribes in the area mm-hmm. okay and what he says is that it's really fluid so sometimes people from other tribes they'll come to his tribe and people from his tribe will go to those other tribes it must marry out of the tribe right well it, there's nothing forced right because there is no hierarchy there's no system of you can do whatever you want basically oh, uh, oh yeah okay so you can go to that other tribe if you want you can come back you can leave forever it doesn't really matter it's super fluid okay okay um men men collect honey and they hunt so they'll eat almost anything they kill it's birds wildebeest zebras buffalo warthog bush pig most of the hunting is solo pursuits it's just you go off and you hunt if you kill something Mm-hmm. You bring it back and you share it with the whole with the whole tribe, and the re- the reason for that is that hunting there's a lot of luck in hunting, so they say that even like the best archer can go a very long time without killing something. So whenever you kill something, you share it, knowing that your dry spell's coming up. Okay, so and then one of these big beasts can feed thirty people around. Exactly, one of the big beasts can feed thirty people, and they don't drag the carcass back. They move the camp. How do they notify? They just they come back to camp. They're like, I killed a warthog. Come over here. They come back, they they have the kill, and then they just cook it, and it's like it's like a big feast and celebration. What is a day in the life? Like, what is a day in the life of a hosta? I love it. Who's in camp doing stuff? Do all the men go out and hunt at the same time in the yeah, morning? Yeah, so let me go through. So Michael was lucky. The journalist was lucky enough to go on a baboon hunt. Baboon? A baboon hunt. So a baboon, yeah. a baboon, a baboon hunt is one of the thing is a hunt that they do together. So, again, usually they're going off solo. What they do to their arrows is they they dip them in the boiled sap of the desert rose, which is a poison. Mm-hmm. And that poison is powerful enough to bring down a giraffe if they hit it with it. Whoa. Yeah, it's what crazy. Is the desert powerful. rose a plant? Desert rose must be a plant. A desert rose. Yeah. So they have these poison tipped arrows that are dope. Okay. For the bab let's go to the baboon hunt. The baboon. Okay. So it's it's in the middle of the night they go on the hunt. And when they go on this hunt, it's a brutal environment. Okay. Tan- the Tanzania is is more desert-like. Once again, don't know where it is, but the country don't is know Tanzania. Where it is, but in Tanzania, it's desert-like. There's acacia trees with huge thorns that are like the size of your finger. So running around in the middle of the night is super is super dangerous. Like mm-hmm. the journalist said, like he got like he got like hit by the thorns all the time, and it's brutal. Mm-hmm. So for the hunt, they all go out together. They surround they surround the tree of baboons. Yeah. They go all around. This is the middle of the night. Uh-huh. Then once they get once the baboons get all surrounded, they start freaking out. Mm-hmm. They run down the tree and they run off and they're gonna run to someone in the circle. Oh, a baboon. Yeah, a baboon. Here's the thing about a baboon. If you look up a picture of a baboon, they're nasty, right? They're fucking nasty. They have huge teeth. This isn't like a small little animal. No, this is a savage Yo, beast. This thing is a savage beast. I, I would poo my pants. 
And Michael, the journalist, says he like shit himself. Basically, how big are they? Movie. They're eighty. They're eighty pounds. Eighty pounds. They're eighty pounds. They have fangs that are like two inches. They have huge fangs for eating flesh mm-hmm. and for fighting other males. They're very. They're warlike baboons. Mm-hmm. They fight each other all the time. Right. They have huge fangs and they're way stronger than a human. Okay. So, but these dudes, they just like get in their crouch with their arrow and they're ready to go. So on the hunt that he went on, they did kill a baboon. And one one really cool thing is they have this tradition that they don't really celebrate. Like the hunter that killed it doesn't really celebrate because he knows the hunter knows that he's going to need to get the meat from another hunter at some point. So you know like the no asshole rule? Yeah. You know how there's like a lot of assholes in society nowadays? A lot. Because we don't have to work together to do anything. Yeah. We can just sit in our cave and and become assholes. We can just sit in our cave and, and become an asshole. And it doesn't matter if you if to work with someone. Mm-hmm. They have to work with each other to get food. So they it, you can't be an asshole. You're not going to get food. Okay, so you can't celebrate. Yeah, so they don't celebrate. There's no shit talking. There's no celebration. And what's really interesting is they don't really have a death ritual either. For for the like you know like we when you think of Native Americans you think of like this big death ritual for something that they kill yeah they didn't they don't have a death ritual at all they just drag the carcass back and even for themselves when a member of the tribe dies there's not a fuss there's not really a fuss at all there's not even a funeral they just dig a hole and bury them what do you mean there's not there's no there's they don't no... leave a grave marker or anything they just bury them and move on they just bury them and move on why is that are they are they non religious they're non-religious. Not really. There's no like spirit. There's no spirits in the rocks the or something. The journalist asked the chief about what what the chief believed in, and he said that pussy money weed. He said that the sun is really powerful. That's basically it. What do you mean? That's what he said. So the sun is really oh, powerful. Like they don't they don't they have, don't have gods have, or anything. They don't have gods or anything, and they don't have celebrations over death. He said that they're very present. They're way more present than you think. I mean, the kid just sat what under the mean, tree for three days. What does he mean by that? They don't... Because there's no... Con- you never know what's going to happen in their life. Okay. Okay, you never know if the next day a jaguar or a lion is going gonna, is gonna to swipe you. Right. And you never know if you're going to move camp next day also. Yeah. And you never know if you're going to eat a lot or you're going to go hungry. Right. So they don't really... And they don't have units of time. And they don't have possessions. So they don't really think about... They the, kind of... They are. They, they kind of they just like They are hang. and they be. They hang. Yeah, they're fucking sick. That's so cool. So it's what? So cool. So that must make for a really unique and culture. It's a really dope culture. What happens when? Do they have any kind of rituals? They don't have a death ritual. Do they have traditions or stuff like that? They do have traditions. Okay. So I'll get to that. Um, once they killed the baboon, they dragged it back to their area. And again, this is in the dead of night. So one of the reasons that they don't have any time, right? Is because right now they're they're just awake in the middle of the night because they happen to kill a baboon in the middle of the night because there's no structure to their day, mm-hmm. right? You never know when you're going to go on a baboon hunt in the middle of the night when you're going to find a tree of baboons. So now they're just awake at night. So they, they drag the baboon back. One of the women wakes up, sees the baboon, and just starts cooking it. Okay. And then they have like a big a big feast. And when they when they eat when they cook the baboon first of all they just put it on it they put it on a stick and just cook it over the open fire, and then the men cut off the meat and they and they hand it out, but they said that Michael was saying the journalist that when they're around the fire, because mm-hmm. getting thirty people around a fire is pretty difficult. Yeah, if you can imagine that. Yeah, they don't care about personal space at all. 
So people were sitting in each other's laps. There's like three people just wedged into one seat. But there's always they always let people come into the fire. Okay. They don't have any thought of possession or they just don't care. Like the fire is everyone's. So in one instance, they're individualistic. Fucking honest. They're individualistic yeah. in that they are able to do their own thing, but they almost don't have an identity. There's they're super he said the main trait of them is that they're very individualistic. That you can do whatever you want. Right. But is like oh sorry. Is one Ollie. That's my Hazda warrior. Shut up, Hazda. Is one of them considered to be the funny guy? Or is someone else considered to be oh, a warrior? Like, Do they like, have yes. okay, good. Personal, stuff like personal that. identity. Personal identity. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So one of the chief's sons yeah. was a was about 30 years old, he estimated. Again, they don't have ages. Oh, right, because there's no time. And yeah, they have no ages. So he estimated that he was about 30 years old and he was a really poor hunter. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of having a rough go of it. Yeah. As far as them. And then the other son, the older son, I believe, was the best archer in the in the group. Mm-hmm. Was known as the best archer. So they do have personal identities like that. But they're really individualistic as in even even the chief... He can't command anyone to but do it's not, anything. It's not a chief. We went over this. It's not really a chief. Yeah, it's not really a chief. We we think of it as a chief, but it's not. It's more like respected respected man. Respected man. I think it's right. more like respected man. He does right. get he does get in the celebration in when they cook. So when they cook the baboon, they're all eating it around the fire. The baboon. The baboon. He he gets the head. The, oh. the senior respected male gets the head. Okay. And do they make fun of each other? For, do they laugh? Yes. Listen to this shit. Listen to this yeah, shit. Okay, okay. okay. We're going to get to smoking. We're, we're going to get to sex. We're going to get to point? smoking. Sex and smoking? We're, we'll get to relationships. We're, I, I, we're not going to get to sex. Okay. Oh, I guess. So when the chief eats the head, he eats it down to the skull. Yeah. Again, imagine that there, it's in the middle of the night. There's a baboon cooking on the fire. There's about 30 people around the fire. Mm-hmm. The chief eats the head. He eats it down to the skull. Yep. He then puts the skull back into the flames to cook a little bit more. The skull. The bone of the, the bone. skull. But the yep. brains are still in there. The brains are in there cooking. Oh, okay. Brains too. So he eats it down the skull and puts it back in. Yep. Then the chief <clears throat> motions all the men over. <clears throat> so all the men on the hunt go and form like a different circle. And what, what, they, what they do is they have a smoke sesh. Oh. He br- so he brings out his pipe. And he packs it. He packs what does the it. pipe look like? Normal? Just just a regular wooden pipe? Regular pipe. Not like a J.R. Tolkien pipe. Regular pipe. Regular pipe. <laughs> okay. Very okay. normal pipe. So what the journalist was saying, he said that it's impossible to overestimate how much they love to smoke. They love, love, love to smoke. What do they smoke? So they smoke tobacco and cannabis. I thought you said... So they didn't grow anything. There we go. They trade. They trade with a nearby tribe to get the tobacco and the cannabis. What tribe is that tribe growing it? Yes, that tribe's growing it. Oh, so this is a non-Hazda tribe. Yes, they get the tobacco and the cannabis from a non-Hazda tribe. Non-Hazda yeah, tribe. Yeah, and they trade that tribe honey. Okay. Yeah. So they tried to trade the. This has probably been going on for thousand, ten thousand years. Okay. They trade them them honey. They gave them tobacco and cannabis. And Canubis. And Canubis. Wow, that's cool. 
Awesome. So listen to this. Do they pack Mokis? Yeah, yeah, listen to that. A Moki, for all of you out there, is tobacco and weed. Right, a moke. A moke, a moke daddy. A moke. So he said that the chief called the men over there on the hunt, put tobacco into the pipe. Uh-huh. And what they do is they, he put the, the chief, put the pipe in his mouth and blew his, his cheeks like a bellow. The respected elder. The respected elder, respected man, blew his cheeks like a bellow. Okay. So he took literally the biggest rip you could possibly take. Blew his cheeks like a bellow. Blew his cheeks like a bellow. Took the biggest rip you can possibly take. And then. And basically, and basically fell down coughing and like crying and laughing. And it's like a fun thing that all the men do together. Oh, so they then, try to take so the then, biggest rip. Yeah. So then you pass. It's just like, just like, just like we do. So yeah. then you pass the ball and you're supposed to take the biggest rip that you can. <laughs> and it's like this fun, this fun of thing backo, Of backo. Of backo and cannabis. And nubis. And nubis. How dope is that? That's amazing. Just have a fucking smoke sash out there. Yeah. So once they were, once they were done passing the pipe, passing the peace pipe around. Okay. <clears throat> And just taking huge utter rips, <laughs> the chief the chief motioned them back over to the fire, and he took the skull, yeah, and he split the skull, and by that time the brains inside the skull had cooked to like ramen noodles. Oh, he said they looked like ramen noodles, basically. Okay. And then he shared the ramen noodles with all the men that were on the hunt. They're just passing around the skull. They're just passing around the skull and eating it. Do they have spoons or no? They just eat it with their hands. They just eat it with their hands. They yeah. don't have possessions. They might have a stick. They might just grab a stick from from next to the fire, and they eat this delicious. What are the women doing at this time? Sitting around the fire, hanging out. But they don't get to partake in the smoke. Smoke. They don't do the smoke session. They don't do the skull. That is so interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, so you get to have a smoke session with your boys and get to take huge rips. Get to, so you get to. Go are on, they talking so about you, stuff? Yeah, they were laughing. They were like having a good time. That's great. Yeah. So you go on a baboon. Let me let me recap. You go on a sick baboon hunt with your with your boys. In. Okay. In. Then you go back to camp and you have a smoke sesh with said boys and then you eat the brains with said boys. Sounds great. Okay. And then once they're, once they're done sitting around the fire, the women sing songs. So the women sing and the men are storytellers. So they tell stories. While the women sing? Different time. Different time. Women sing. Men tell stories. It's part of the entertainment, Adam. It's the, it's the ninth entertainment. It's like, gathering it's, ninth ar- entertainment. it's like gathering around to watch Netflix. It's, ga- it's gathering around to watch Netflix. Right. The okay. modern day campfire. And, and they said, and he said, like when the chief is telling a story, he like tells a story, but he crawls around on all fours, like oh, he shit. jumps up and down. Like awesome. He's like a really good storyteller and gets what, people. What like, are their stories? It. What are their stories about? So the story that he that he likes to tell supposedly is about hunting giraffe. He likes to tell hunting giraffe stories. Uh, not the, the respected elder. Yeah, the respected elder. Okay. Sick hunting giraffe stories. Um, relationships. Yeah. Well, let me just let me just touch on this real fast. Dancing, the most the most important ha- has has a ritual is the epemi dance, which takes place on moonless nights. So again, it's not really they don't have dates. It's not a scheduled thing. Just when there's a moonless night and they all kind of feel like it, they do it. Yeah. Men and women divide into separate groups. The women sing while the men wear the women sing while the men wear a feathered headdress and tie bells around their ankles and strut about. Um. So like everything about the hadza, mm-hmm. uh, participation is. Just very individualistic, like oh. how much you want to participate. I gotcha. Some people, some of the, some of the tribes people are just sleeping. They're like, I don't want to dance tonight. They, where do they sleep in huts? So they make what he describes as an upside down rat's nest. Uh huh. And they sleep in that, but it takes about an hour for them to construct it. What That's is it. Upside down rat's just a bunch nest. of twigs and shit. It takes just an hour. So it takes an hour for them to construct it of twigs. So they just don't get. Whenever they move, they're just like whatever. Does it, does it rain that much? 
good question. Maybe not, right? So he said, and a lot of them sleep in the open. Both One thing is that they never sleep alone. Okay. You're like not allowed to sleep alone. So when he when he went there, the chief's son and the chief's son's friend slept with him, and they slept. Respected they, elder. Yeah, they they. <laughs> It's not a chief. Yeah, respected elder. Yeah, they slept. They slept head to toe in a triangle around their separate fire. And he said, he said, it's, like the spokes on a wheel. Like the spokes on a wheel, head to toe. No, like a triangle. Like you know when people, oh, like a triangle. Like you know when people make the sorry, ladies, when people upside make the, down triangle, the, the vagina sign with their hands at them. Right. Yeah. Professor no, of fucking geography. Okay. They slept. They slept in a triangle. That's really nice. Why are you not allowed to sleep alone? I'm not sure. Probably for safety. For wild animals coming in. Hyenas and shit coming in to kill you. Yeah. Okay, it's got to be safety. He said it's brutal because there's just mosquitoes and flies everywhere and you're just getting bit the whole night. Oh, yeah. But again, like... How hard are these guys? They're, they they're hard as shit. They don't even... They, they don't even don't. give a shit about the flies. They don't give a shit about the bugs? They don't care at all. But he's... He... So he lasted two weeks out there and he was like, I have to go. He's, he, like, I, he's like, I love the tribe. I love being here. But my body's breaking down from just being from being exposure soft. from being from exposure exposure to the sun exposure to the bugs sun bugs thorns humidity thirsty hungry yeah right okay okay if you see pictures of the Hadza they're just ripped they're ripped they're just like there's no fat what's their diet nuts and berries nuts berries and meat oh meat oh right because they hunt right because they yeah. hunt gotcha nuts berries and meat not vegetarian. No, they're not vegetarian. But they do hunt. Yeah, they hunt. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk about relationships for a second. Yeah. He listened to his chief and, and the wife talk to each other. And, and what he notes is that bickering, bickering yeah. is not isolated to the modern world. Oh, there's bickering. The Western world. There's tons of bickering. Okay. So his translator translated for him. And they were just listening to the chief and his wife bicker. And their bickering was something like this. <clears throat> Isn't it your turn to fetch water? Why are you napping instead of hunting? <laughs> yeah. Can you explain why the last animal brought to camp was skinned so poorly? <laughs> That's fucking perfect. How fucking awesome is that? Wait, so they have wives and husbands? So they're socially monogamous. So most of the time... they'll Remind <clears throat> us what that means. Absolutely, Adam. Most of the time, they'll be in a relationship for like a year or two, and then they'll switch partners. Okay. However, the respected elder, aka the chief, him and his wife have been together for for forever, for like forever. Okay, so the how long is the average that they're together? Usually they're together for about two or three years. Oh wow. And, and they, they switch partners. And they switch is not and a big deal. Switch. Do they have square dance? They have <laughs> Do they have kids? They have kids, yeah. And does the village raise the kid? The village raises the kid. He said it was very hard to tell whose kid is who because everyone's just breastfeeding. They're just breastfeeding. There's a bre the it's a tit. It's a tit. The kid sees a the tit. The kid sees a tit. He latches on, and, and, and it's a tit. It's, it's a, a tit. tit full the of milk. Mom sees it. The mom sees a kid. She latches them onto the tit. Like here, they run around. Tit. They grab the tit. Yeah, that is so awesome. It's so awesome. We'll compare that to trying to raise a kid just you and someone else. I know. I mean, like it's e just completely even different. now, I'm just trying to work on our mother to get her to come to us to help the to help the child the kid with you know me and Ashley. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. And it's not a big deal. They just they split up. They split up. It's not a big deal. Nothing is a big deal for them. Nothing right. is a they big deal. They don't have a them. possession. They don't, they have, don't have possession. Think, like, is your wife freedom, baby? Is your theme is freedom? America. Is your wife or husband really. like your possession almost? You know, right? So exactly. You, you know. So they don't even have that as their possession. So cool. They have, 
Yeah. So, so they're sure. they're completely worth studying, they're looking compl- at. They're completely it's amazing. Free. They're totally worth studying and looking at. Okay. Because you can try and see what the hell do are we, we just are do. Are we still going to have these people in 20 years? Okay. Well, I'm going to get to that. Uh-huh. We're talking about getting honey. So the Hadza are experts in their environment, obviously. To get honey, they converse with a honey guide bird. And what they do is when the, when the bird lands in the camp or is around the camp, they whistle to it back and forth. This is crazy. Listen what? to this. They whistle to the bird back and forth. Then the bird flies off and goes to get honey. And they follow the... <laughs> Bless you. They follow. They follow the bird. What kind of bird is this? It's called the honey guide bird. Uh, right. They don't have. They probably don't have. Do they have names for things? It's called the honey guide bird. Right. It's the bird that gets. That's honey. literally what they what they call it. Yeah. As you can imagine, the honey guide bird. Then so once after whistling to it, they follow the honey guide bird to a honeycomb. Yeah. And then they're able to break open the honeycomb and and get and sorry, they smoke out the bees at at the beehive. Gotcha. Right. Follow the bird to the beehive. They smoke the bees out. They just get a stick, put fire on it, and like smoke them out. How, how stung? Ex- do, how stung do they get? No, not exactly sure how it works. I can imagine that they get they get stung, totally stung. Okay. Probably like a hundred times. But again, some dude waited at the bottom of a tree for three days, and that was nothing to him. Do they have names? Yes, they do have names. They do have names. So they have like a tiny. They have a tiny bit of identity. They have identity, based on their. It seemed like it was based on their skills, but just not what we would think of it. They have an identity, as. and like the men, the men were saying that. There's like a joke in the it, there's like a joke that you have to kill five baboons before you get a woman. Oh, okay. Like awesome. you're not going to be successful with women unless you get five baboons. That's really cool. But they were the journalist was also saying that like the men don't have any hierarchy over the women, and it it almost seemed like the reverse actually when he was in camp. Is it matrilineal or is it patrilineal? I don't think it's either. Again, there is no hierarchy. There are there families. There are families, but when you're just around the same 20 people, everyone's your family. Is the family is the family lineage traced through the mom or the dad? Not sure. Not sure? Okay. But he was saying that the women were uh, really outspoken and were really loud. And it seemed like they could do whatever they wanted as well. Okay. So. You're going through a honey story. Yeah, the honey story. So when they get to the beehive, the humans break it open. And then the it's a symbiotic relationship mutualistic relationship how so because the bird helps the humans find the honey yeah and the humans break it open and then the bird gets to eat it oh eat the honey yeah okay that's how they get honey yeah and then they trade the honey for tobacco and smokes right very cool. they trade for tobacco and smokes and they have a great fucking time that's fucking amazing yeah it is fucking amazing honestly um they don't have other things so the journalist he was like, he's like, I want to see how much they know about the outside world. Uh huh. So he showed them a picture of a map, and he said, "Do you know anything about your country?" And he showed them where they lived in, mm-hmm. somewhere in West Africa. Right. The chief. So the chief looked at it for a long time and deep, deep, deep in thought, scrunched up his face. Mm-hmm. Chief's deep and deep in thought about this. Right. And then he shouted, "London." <laughs> really? And what that's Michael awesome. realized is that that's the only thing he knows about outside the bush. He just knows the, the keyword <laughs> he, London. He looked at the map of West Africa, thought about it for a while, and just shouted London. Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So they don't have birthdays. They don't have anniversaries. It's so fucking sick. When there's a did I, did I tell you this? When, there, when there's a dispute, mm-hmm. so let's say in the camp of 30, there's a big dispute. Yeah. 
what is an example of a big dispute in this culture? Um, based on their bickering? Yeah. It could be anything from these people got more of the meat. Oh. To, okay. you know, they have a bigger fire, whatever. Yeah. Let's say there's a big dispute. They don't argue about it for long. They just split up. What do you mean they split they up? They just split the camp. They, what do you mean? 15 people go one way, 50 people go the other way. Oh, that's what they do? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Instead of arguing about it, they're just like, you guys go do whatever you want, and we'll go do whatever we want. They just bounce? They just bounce. Because there's, a, there's enough room in their area? Because there's, because there's plenty in their area, and because there's no point to argue. Wow. Okay. They have no weddings. And they say that basically a couple that sleeps by the same fire for a while, eventually that couple then refers to themselves as married. Oh, okay. Or together. Together. If they sleep in the same tent. They just sleep in the same by the same fire for a while and then they're together. That's so There's cool. no weddings or anything. Right. It's like Jon Snow, I sleep with you now. Lose the wolf so we can bang kind of situation. When did, when did like Jon Snow said that? No, Egret. Egret was Ygritte. just like she was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bang this dude. Yeah, exactly. Egret was like, I'm just gonna bang the dude. And she was like, let me like, get by it. that fire. Right. Lose like, your wolf, it. you idiot. So we can was make, that, make was, that, was that a problem? That, that was, a, that was, was an issue. You don't remember that? That was an issue just everywhere. It's for everyone. For everyone. Trying to get John it on. Fucking snow. Lose the wolf. Lose the wolf. That's in your a domesticated wolf or other. Yeah. He's, Michael, Michael said that uh, actually women are the ones that usually initiate the breakup. So when, when they're together around the fire, the woman's like, I'm done with you. I'm going on to another man. I love a culture where the men dress up and dance for the women. I know. I'm into that. I love it. Like, I know. Like ducks. That. Ducks are pretty. Duck males. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It's good. I think. I think. How do you think you'd perform in a uh, in, a, in the ritual dance for the woman? Great. Yeah. I can do great. Let's talk about danger for them. It's not all roses, even though their life is awesome. Yeah. What's the awesome. dark side of the Hazda? Yeah. Their life's rough. Mm-hmm. There's extreme heat. There's frequent thirst and swarming tsetse flies and malaria mice, mosquitoes. Yeah. A fifth of all babies die within the first year. Nearly a half of all kids don't make it to 15. Fuck. That's crazy. Yeah. So only that half of your kids are going to make it to 15. Medical help is very far and also just non-existent. What's their really? life, life expectancy? Not sure. Damn. Um, one bad fall from a tree, bite from a black mamba snake, or lunge from a lion, and that's basically it. Because there's no medical care. Yeah, there's no medical care. Oh, man. And um, as you touched on earlier, <clears throat> sadly, the area, the area that they range in it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller every year because of development. Because from... development is coming in all around them. Oh no! For ranching or logging, for everything. The logging, then the ranching situation, ranching, homes, logging, everything. Oh man! Of uh, and you know, unfortunately, they're probably going to be forced out of this life sooner rather than later. That's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Really? Is that what he says? Yeah, that's what he says. Um. Yeah, the, let the rain patter outside. Just be sad for a second. Hold on one second. Just play the sadness on. It's so hold shitty. Hold on. But just, that is so because so they sad. live so free. Oh, God. Just give me a second. Absolutely. The Hasda. It's so sad Hasda. for the Hasda. Losing as the rain life. falls down outside. As the rain just pounds outside. That's for the Hasda. That's for the Hadza. Right. Hadza. Hadza. Okay. The Z is after the D. Yep. So. In summation, yep, there are people that don't have a don't have any hierarchy. They don't have any schedule. Yeah, they don't have any birthdays. Awesome. They really don't keep track of time at all. No, they only count to four. They have no possessions, and they just live free and die hard like fucking Bruce Willis. That is so awesome. Yeah. 
Adam. What an awesome group of people. Awesome group of people. About. Hey. Well, yeah. No, what were you saying? Just what a, what a cool group of people to think about. It's you know? so cool. Okay. So we're going to do a quick break. And instead of playing our usual Klezmer music, we're actually going to play some music from the Tareg musicians that we'll be talking about after the halftime, honey. Where are they from? From the Saharan Desert. Yeah, baby. Okay. So here we go. And after this, it will be halftime, honey. Slaps so hard though. It really does. Who, who is this? Tell the people. Etron Finatawa. How did they make such dope music? It's incredible. Because they're sitting under a tree for three days. Nothing to do. Just like literally, I bring my guitar and just sit there and pluck it. This is actually edgy kind of hip hop for them. For them? Yeah. It's, it's like, kind of like it's like NWA. <laughs> it's like the it's like the NWA for them. <laughs> like this guy really pushed the boundaries. All right, this is the Halftime Honey Toast, where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. This episode is remote tribes and peoples. So I find the story, and Noah responds with his immediate thoughts. Let's do it. As I raise my glass of Halftime Honey, Noah, what are we drinking? We're drinking the Jack Daniels Honey. Give us that sponsorship, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, you give know us that you sponsorship. Want it. You know you want it. I raise my glass to Kent State University, who recently published- Party school. <laughs> recently published a paper that showed that while Hadza Z is after the D yeah that's right Hadza people sit for as, <clears throat> as long as we do their sitting is better than ours because they are squatting or sitting on the ground and, you, and when you do this you use more muscle activity than when you're sitting in a chair when you're squatting or on the ground so they don't have as many health problems as we do due to inactivity so the, here's to the study by Kent State here's the study L'chaim. L'chaim. Tastes like baboon skull. More honey than usual. Tastes like baboon skull. Tastes like ramen noodles. Your thoughts? My thoughts are, I think we can learn a ton from looking at them. And also looking at them is kind of depressing because it's like they they have kind of a sick life, even though it's hard. They have a, Yeah, they have a hard life. They have a hard life, but it's really dope. Yeah, but a really cool life. What would it Which be like really to cool. be the, uh, so present... That you could sit under a tree for three days. You're you just don't give a shit about anything. Anything. There's nowhere to go. That sitting sitting under a tree for three days is not long to you. Let me just tell you something. Right tell now. me something. I have an issue with possessions all the time. Right now, my car is not registered and can't be registered. Exactly. And I also don't have the permit for the car. And so my car is just going around Portland into various spots where I can dump it and leave it where it won't get towed. Yeah. That's all that's happening with that. It's just causing an assload of problems. Yeah. They, their house, they build it in an hour and they just leave it. They, they, they said they move once about once a month. So they just build their house in an hour then they leave it. There's so many constructs of modern society that we've made that cause so much headache. A lot of headache. Credit reports. Mortgages. Yeah. Just wait for my open kimono. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wait for my kimono. It's very complicated over here. What, do we need to resimplify and rethink? Well, I think if you read, if you read Sapiens... If you read gum, guns, germs, and steel, uh-huh. um, they say that 
Again, agriculture was basically the worst thing that we've Did done. Did you read Gunstorm and Steel? I didn't, but the authors quoted in the articles I read for the Hadza. It's one on the list. We got to put that yeah, one on the list. One on the list. Basically, what they said is that the creation of agriculture, it fucked us. It fucked us hard? It fucked us now because now we're here. And where the Hadza are seems pretty cool. Yeah. Adam. I'm in agreement. All right. It's time to move from Tanzania deep in the heart of Africa. Deep in the heart of Africa. Up north to northern Africa. What's in northern <laughs> Africa? That's why I asked for geography. Northern Africa is the Sahara, right? The Saharan desert. Mm-hmm. Okay. It goes from Egypt all the way over to Mauritania on the west side. So we're going to be talking about two different spots. One spot is the western Sahara. Okay. Which is the western part of the Saharan desert. And it's also borders along the coast. Okay. And then we're going to be talking about in Libya... In Niger, there is a desert called the Tinare Desert, which is where the Tareg live, which is a little bit more central, central North Africa. Okay. But both in the Saharan Desert, which makes for a unique style of living. Why does it make it so unique? It's because while Noah's story was sick, really sick, and about people living pre-agrarian, this is about a transition. These are still pre-agrarian people, but they have livestock. Okay, more possessions. This is more about people making something out of absolutely nothing. There's nothing Just in their land. Hardship. There's nothing to pick. There's no berries to eat in this land of Sahara. Let me paint a picture for you of the setting, okay? Yeah, paint it, it's paint, one, it paint it, paint it. It's one of the most hostile regions in the entire world. It is not only a disputed political territory. There's lots of politicizing and violence in Northern Africa because of why do they want this territory so bad? I'm not sure, but there is oil? so is much there shit. Oil? Is there oil First there? of all, the colonialization of, of the French in this area has brutalized the area. And these people consider themselves to be freedom fighters to this day. And like we were saying about the Hadza, where they value freedom, when they ask a Tareg, what is the thing? What's it like to be a Tareg? What's the thing that you value the most? Yeah. They say freedom too. That's so cool. So it's a similar thing. In this America, America, in this region, okay, there are ancient lava flows that form these giant black basalt rocks. So you've been to Table Mountain or something like that in Texas. Remember what's that thing called? Enchanted cock. Enchanted cock. Enchanted rock. So in Texas, there's no, there's no nature at all. So there's just like one rock formation that people literally go to from all over Texas. And honestly, it wets their whistle. And honestly, it wets their whistle. If it was in like Montana or Oregon or Colorado, people would just drive by it on the side of the road. Right. We'd probably move it to put a road in. Right. Um, Yeah. It's only a big deal because it's in Texas. That rock, there's a lot of those rocks in this part of the desert. There's a lot of enchanted cock. So it's desert and enchanted cock and dead plants. Mm -hmm. Okay. The granite in these structures has been molded in such a way is to make unbelievable formations. It looks super, super cool and marzy, basically. It doesn't rain sometimes for over a year. Damn. Okay, it never rains. And when this happens, the ground cracks up and be, it could be because it's so, so, so dry. And all of the plants in the dry riverbeds dry up. So it's just this arid, dry, cracked earth in a dune sea of giant sand mountains. So huge, huge dunes and just huge dunes, dry, cracked land. Dry, cracked land. So there's not shit out there. How could you live in this spot? But guess what? This is, if you look hard enough, this is a lively spot where people are forging a life. So I'm going to paint another scene for you. Paint another scene. So your thing is about hardship, really. It's about hardship. It's about making something out of hardship. That's and what, what we can learn from That's that. That's dope. 
So one dude and his wife, his wife is on top of a camel. She is on her own camel. She's in a giant chair that has a purple rug on the outside. Okay. He is on his own camel. His face is covered with the mask, like basically coronavirus mask that you have, you wear around your neck. Yeah, the one a you turban, pull up. a turban mask, a turban mask. Okay, the men have to wear these masks to to hide their face. Men, men have to wear it. Women do not have to wear it. What? This is so another it's a society of like the Arabic, right? Thing. So the Arabs, more more Muslim, Arabic culture to the east, uh, to the east. Yeah, it's a reversal. Exactly, exactly right. That's insane because they're pretty close. It's just like European, where the women in this society have more freedom. The men almost never show their faces out of this thing. That is so fucking weird. This this face covering Wait. like thing. So they're riding in. So they've been riding for two days. They've just been riding camels for two days. That makes the butt sore. It's just unbelievable. Imagine the soreness okay. of that. They get to the hut of the couple whose son wants to marry their friend's daughter. They're arranging the marriage. Get to the, cu- get to the hut of the couple. Of the couple. Whose son wants, wants to, marry. to marry their friend's daughter. And in reality, this marriage has been set up when the kids were like five years old. So they're acting as an intermediary. For they're this. acting as an intermediary. Good the friends. dude is carrying a giant rifle. World War II rifle. And the dude in the hut, who's the host, he's also carrying a rifle that looks the same. It looks like it's from World War II. It's humongous. It's like a fucking, um, uh, from Star Wars. It, it looks like Tatooine. Honestly, it's just like sand people from Tatooine. The sand people. Yeah, That's it fine. looks exactly like sand, sand people. people. Okay? The dude, his camels are motherfuckers, is what I've learned from this research. Also, the dude cannot get his camel to sit down. Camels, they're just bastards. And they have to be to live in this area. They're really stubborn. They're so stubborn. They're like your dog, but so That's bad. so funny, honestly. So he, he can't get the camel to sit. The wife is on in her chair making fun of him because he can't get the camel to sit. All right, he finally gets the camel to the, sit. The bickering doesn't stop. The bickering that, doesn't the, stop. The, the bickering's everywhere. They meet each other, the two dudes and the wives. The wives, are they start going crazy because I don't think they've seen anyone in a really long time. They're in the middle of nowhere. They're in the middle of nowhere. So they don't see other people. For the a handshake long time. between the two dudes. It lasts for about 10 minutes. Wait, what? It is the sickest handshake you've ever what seen is in it? your is life. Is it like slap? Is it? It is like, give me, give me your hand right now. I it's like I this. Reach you. And I will explain what I'm doing afterwards. It's a lot of slapping. That is there's a lot so of hand slapping before there's a real handshake. They sit down, they share. The only really luxurious thing they have, which is green tea, but it looks like black tea, but it's served out of the coolest looking teacup ever. It's green tea. It's very dark. So they sip tea outside. And then they talk about this marriage that they're going to set up and the dowry that the man's family has to give to the bride's family and how big that's going to be. So that's the scene. And we're going to unpack the scene, everything in it to explain stuff about these people. Men have to get the man's family has to give the dowry. Yes. These are the people that live in the Western Sahara. Okay. Okay. And they're known as the Ulad El Mizen or the children of the cloud. So we're talking about two different people, children of the cloud and the Tareg people wait, wait, wait. who what live did, in what central. What did you just talk about? We talked about the Western Saharan Ulad El Mizen. So you talked about the cloud people. The cloud people. That's what you just, that's what you just, that's what I just described. Yes. Okay. So now let's talk about camels. Let's talk about fucking camels. Okay. Paul, can I ask a couple questions about what you just described for a second? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, do the women have a rifle too? No, the, the women are not carrying a gun. Okay, so the man's is a laborer. Right. The man is a laborer. And she's up in like her palace. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. That's <laughs> so She's funny. in her palace chair. Yeah. Um, camels are the most important part of these people's lives because they have nothing else. There's no crops to grow, not much to pick. So livestock 
is what it is. That's it. They call these camels the ships of the desert. Then they are essential to these Western Saharans and to the Tareg, who we're going to talk about in a second. Okay. Camels can carry 4,000 pounds, first of all, what? on their backs. And they load up 4,000 pounds onto them. They, With, lo- they can carry 4,000 4, oh, pounds. because they have to load up the water. They have to load up Not the only do they have to load days. up the water in caravans that last for three weeks, but they ha- the thing that they make and trade is salt. Salt is the resource of the region. Okay, and they need salt because they need to subsidize their diet because it's so low in minerals. So salt is salt is the currency of this area. You could trade salt for almost anything. How do they get it? They mine for salt. How do they mine for it? With they mine it. Chip? They mine it out of clay. In a that this is in another city from where these people are right now. Okay. Okay. Camels. When they're loaded up with these giant salt pillars that they use out of clay. So what they do is they take it out of the ground, they let it dry and they form these 60 pound pillars that have a, of clay that have a little bits of salt in them. And they have to extract the salt excruciatingly from these pillars. They load whole pillars onto the camels and the camels go fucking bananas. They go crazy on the ground. Like, they're like, Don't they're like no, 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 no. And then after like 10 minutes, the camel will be like, fine. Fuck it. And then they'll stand up. So so you gotta you just have to be you have to be tough with your camel. You have to be tough with your camel. They must their their camels must be like They're really, really hard with their camels. They 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 you know they grip them, they kick them. (laughs) The camels are mean. Camels are not nice animals. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh for most ceremonies that they have, a camel is sacrificed because it's the most precious thing that they have. Jeez, why would they sacrifice a camel? Let me tell you something. Something you can never unsee, like that scene in Bone Tomahawk, is oh, no. is a video of five Taregs holding down a camel. And one man, he's so sad that he's crying. He's crying into the sand. He takes a knife out and he slits the camel's throat. Camels are huge, right? The camel's making tons of noise. The blood from the blood pressure just comes streaming out of its throat. That's awful. So every ceremony... Why they, do they do stupid because ceremony? It's, because the, you know what they do? They eat the camel. There's nothing else to eat. Oh. They eat the entire camel. And some, some dudes are just eating it raw because it's such a delicacy. They have nothing else. They basically, their diet is some flatbread with flour that they trade for, green tea, and, and milk from their goats. That's it. It's... What do they eat? It's for uh, sustenance. Like, it's animal protein that isn't the actual isn't meat. They just eat a bunch of cheese from the goat. They eat cheese That's and milk. That's what they eat all day. Cheese, milk, flatbread, green tea, and, yep. and camel. And camel only at ceremonies. How, so they must be really skinny. And they are, yeah, they are skinny, but they've got a little more, a little more bulk on them. I think from all the, the fat, fat, from all the fat, they're not exactly ripped. I would say. They're just hard-ass motherfuckers, okay? They're camels. They dairy all day. Right. Camels also can go up to seven months in the desert without drinking water, which is insane. Camels are just like that. They're just hard motherfuckers. Hard too. motherfuckers. <laughs> the okay. camel and the human. It's great because, because it might not rain in over a year, like I was saying. Camels can drink 100 liters of water at a time, and they obviously, they, as you know, they store them in their humps. That's why they need them. Wait, how long can it go without drinking? It can go seven months without drinking water. God damn. And sometimes they have to. They have to go that long because there's no fucking water anywhere. Okay? Long ass journeys to cross the Tinare Desert. It takes three weeks. And they need to do these caravans because one town, there's only about 
There's only two towns in the middle of this desert. There's some on the outside. But between the two towns is a caravan highway, basically. Yeah. Of hundreds and thousands of camels crossing each other and people walking next to their camels. It's said that as a Tareg, you're not a true man until you have crossed this 300-mile desert. That's and by so the way, that is, that is a small, small part of the Sahara. Small, 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 small part. It's their own local desert. But it, they have to walk the whole time. But it crosses three different countries, this desert. But just like your people, they don't, they don't know about the countries at all or care. Meanwhile, yeah, the forces that be in these countries are trying to organize them into a national park kind of situation. Uh, yeah. Right. So these are super long journeys. Um, and the supplies include the salt pillars that are on the camels. Salt is absolutely essential. One really cool thing about the Tareg is when they're with children, they will not camp within five miles of water because they think that their children will take it for granted. Something they never do. Wait, 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 wait. They're not allowed to camp within five miles. Five fucking miles. How, like, I just ran for five fucking miles. It was, it was long. It was so far. When they have kids. When they have kids. Because they'll make them soft. Because it makes the kids soft and think there's water Damn. everywhere. Right? There's a sink. I literally, we have a sink right here. It's unbelievable. They're so hard. So how do they, how do they make something that is enjoyable out of this? They basically do it through social bonds. They're very social. Okay? That's why they have a huge handshake. They have a huge handshake. When they see people, it's amazing. Up. That's, where, that's where they have fun. Yeah. A couple more things about camels. Camels are so important that during a marriage, camel poop is used to tell the future. Dried camel poop. They have dried, a woman has dried camel poop and she throws it on the ground. And from the divinations of that camel poop, right. she's able to tell the future. As one does. As one does. Literally camel shit. Okay. We talked a lot about their diet. It's milk and cheese. It's milk and cheese. We would literally die. They don't eat, they don't eat really so, a lot of meat at all. If you're lactose intolerant, you're effed. Yeah. What would happen to you? If you're, <laughs> you're screwed. You can't be lactose intolerant out there. There's no way. I think you would just get over it. If you ate just kid, just kept eating it. Yeah. One thing that they do have, unlike your people, is a very divided society. Okay? It's into caste. It's so divided that you're only allowed to marry within your caste. How do you get casted? So a craftsman is its own caste. A musicians are their own caste. And they marry into it like that. Oh. Yeah. That sucks. Um, unfortunately, they still have a slave caste. It's around 8% of the population currently. Colonials have tried to periodically abolish this, obviously. Wait, wait, wait. But they have a slave caste. That, that's what kind of people? It's usually... How do you know? How do you know? How do you know that that's a slave and not a musician? They're usually darker. Okay. Yeah. And it's just a history of slavery. And you can't get out of it. And if you... Your slave, you can only marry another slave, and then you have children. It's not a slave like we know it in the U.S., but it's still a subservient class okay. in that way. Okay? They also have an aristocracy, otherwise known as the men of the book. They don't do any manual labor ever, which is ridiculous for these people because they do manual labor all day. These dudes. These dudes, they, you can tell it's an aristocrat because they look soft as fuck. And they're wearing a robe with lots of um, trim on it. These people at the buck are the only ones that can marry you. And to find someone can take weeks. They all get married at the same well in the middle of the desert, the Taregs. All of them get married It at takes the same about spot? a week to get there. They all marry at the same spot at are a there well. people at the wedding? Yeah. And when they're at the wedding... How do they send the, how do they send the message out? I don't know. 
You just got to tell people. You got to tell just people. tell people along I, the camel train. I'm going to be at train. the well at this day. I'm going to be at the well at this day. Marriages are a huge part of life because it their normal day-to-day is just so brutal. Yeah. So when they do marry, they sacrifice the camel, like I was saying. And the men try to show off for the women, like the young men, the young women, by riding camels skillfully around them. So young men <laughs> ride camels if around If you only women. have camels... Camels are going to be really important. So, <laughs> so we've already t- so they they use the camera the camel to carry their weight. Yeah, they eat the camel. They right. they try and read the future of marriage with the poo. Yeah, and they impress women with the camels. Do you remember seeing Bombino at ACL? Yeah, Bombino tell, is tell a Tare people. guitarist. He's from the city that produces salt in this area. Really? How he got out of there, I have no idea. I have no idea. He can rip on the so guitar. So for some reason, the music from this area is un- is amazing, and they play lots and lots. So of he music. was from the musician class. Yeah, he's from the musician class. That's probably why he's so fucking good because his whole family is musicians. But there's no electric guitar. Like they don't have electricity at all. Unfortunately, he plays electric guitar. A lot of these people are in sort of a bona fide refugee camp at this point because they have been herded out of this lifestyle, this nomadic lifestyle into these giant ghettos, basically. So they're forced to live life mining salt and just trying to make the best of it in this kind of sand, so that's, that's, sand prison. So that's where he was from. Right. It, it does. Look, it looks like a sand prison. I have no idea. No idea. Cause he was so good at music. Yeah. And I think what we can take away from these people is just how amazing it is that they've made a life out of a desert with nothing in it, with nothing in it. Um, they now, instead of camels, sometimes they'll, if they have it, they'll drive Jeeps for the caravan, but the Jeeps break down all the time. They drive Jeeps over sand dunes and you can see them jumping over sand dunes with the Jeeps. It's amazing. It's so tight. Thoughts. Um, that's amazing. I yeah. I want to touch on too. I think I forgot. Um, Tanzania, the country. Yeah. Judges, judges jumping back to. Because it connects with, because it connects to yours. Jumping back to mine, yeah, the Hadza in Tanzania. Tanzania is, I feel it's what's called a future-focused country. Yeah, what is they that? They want to join like the major economy. They want to like they want to become modern, mm-hmm. and so they are almost like embarrassed by the Hadza. Yeah, and so yeah. like it's a very bad situation. It's a very bad situation for the Hadza because the 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 politicians and the government they want to get rid of them. Yeah, absolutely want to get rid of them. Yeah, and these these people like they don't even like he, he doesn't even, he's London is the only thing he knows out of the bush. Right, so they have no defense against it. There are a lot of organizations that try and protect indigenous people. Right, same thing here. These people have been fighting for hundreds of years against colonialism and their own governments to stay free. And as as the journalist asked them, the most important thing to them is to be free and to be able to do camel caravans. That's all they want to do. Something about being able to move like that would just be it's just you can't find it in modern society you can't do that what are you gonna do that's so cool so they have the gun because there's probably they get robbed these camel caravans i'm sure no there's not robbing it's to protect them from their governments the guns yeah they're they're constantly at so in civil war so like while so while these people are out there the government's coming to like herd them into the thing there's a lot of nationalism out there too and those nationalists will try to do try to kill and herd them into a life that they don't want. It's been happening for hundreds of years. 
Jesus. So they're free. They have to fight for their freedom. Oh, yeah. so they're like the freedom. Yeah, for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're bands. Mm-hmm. So like you said, like the man and the woman doing the camel caravan. But when they're in a big ca- camel caravan going across the desert, how many people are in that caravan? I'm not. I'm sure they don't do it with just two people. So there's usually a handful of men in the camel caravans, but right. you're never allowed to camp count your camels. They say it's bad luck. The journal, a journalist on one of the camel caravans asked the guy and they got very upset. Even by the question, you're not allowed to count the amount of camels that you have on the caravan because then one will die. That's what they say. There's dead camels all over the super highway of caravans. There you go. That is I'm the Western into Saharan it. children of the cloud. That was sick. And the Tareg. That was dope. Okay, so we're going to take one more quick musical break. Once again, this music is from a Tareg musician. And then we're going to go with Open Kimono. From the caravan. This is Tanara. Turn that shit up. I want to rip it like Tarzan. Really rip. Keep listening, listener. Keep listening. He'll start to rip. He'll give it to you. Molly. <laughs> Sometimes I get really high, just slaps too hard. No, sometimes I get really stoned, and I just listen. I just listen to uh, him and Bombino. I just yeah. sit in front of in front of like YouTube and just just listen for like twenty minutes. So who's like the agent that found them? How'd they get out? That's a good story. Wouldn't that be cool to learn? Sounds so deserty, but like electro, but like electro deserty. No, this is the open kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic, and we leave nothing to the imagination. So, what is your open kimono? My open kimono. Okay, I want to read what. The journalist from National Geographic, Michael Finkel, said about the Hadza and their life, because I think he puts it really nicely. And I quote, There are things I envy about the Hadza, mostly how free they appear to be. Free from possessions, free of most social duties, free from religious strictures, free of many family responsibilities, free from schedules, jobs, bosses, bills, traffic, taxes, laws, news, and money. Free from worry, free to burp and fart without apology, to grab food and smoke and run shirtless through the thorns. The days I spent with the Hadza altered my perception of the world. They instilled in me something I called the Hadza effect. They made me feel calmer, more attuned to the moment, more self-sufficient, a little braver, and in less of a constant rush. 
I don't care if this sounds maudlin. I don't even know what that means, maudlin. But I, I don't care if this sounds maudlin. My time with the Hadza made me happier. It made me wish there was some way to prolong the reign of the hunter-gatherers, though I know it's almost certainly too late. Michael Finkel, National Geographic, 2009. I'm not even going to say my open quote because that's so amazing. Yeah. Hey, if, if, if isn't that amazing? It was yeah. really, really beautifully written. Um, if people want to listen to one thing from the Tareg or whatever musicians, who, what would you tell them to listen to? What band? Tanarawen. Amazing. How do you spell that? T-I-N-A-R-I-W-E-N. Probably not pronouncing it correctly, but they put electric guitar to their music and it sounds, it, it, it sounds incredible. It's fucking sick. It, it it's sounds a, it's absolutely like incredible. Desert is dopeness. Oh my god, it's so so cool. Dang, it slaps so, so hard. damn hard. Shout out to Seamus Pedro for showing me that band. We Love were, you, dude. We were young, young boys, young Taregs running through the for, running through the desert. Young Hadza. Shout out to Sarah and all her boyfriends. May they run shirtless. May they attacking bamboo. Learning how to be true men. Learning how, how to be true men out there. World. And then come and try and woo Sarah. Guys, you can find us on Instagram. We have an Instagram. It's at Dude Nature. We did Get it. at us. Follow us on there. We have a Facebook as well. Leave us a note. Leave us uh, any kind of comment, suggestion, or anything you have. And we will see you next time. Guys, dear listeners, we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.